Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. My name's Joe Scrabbles. I'm Joan. Jo- I'm joined by Dale Driver. <laughs> Hello, Joan. I'm. I'm here. I'm, I don't know. I can't think of a way to lead this on. Keep no, this no, going. no. It's an absolute mess. And yeah. Matt Perslow. Hello. How are you both doing? All Good. right. Thank yeah. you. I'm shit because I've been running. <laughs> um, it just. I'm going to get this out of the way at the top because it's the most important bit. Uh, I am running 10k for special effect, and I'm. Putting IGN on it, <laughs> but to okay. selfishly garner more money. That's not selfish, is it? It's for charity. It's no, fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so if you go to justgiving.com slash IGN UK, you will see my fundraising page. We are currently at 30% of my target already after two days, which I think is great. Uh, there's also a big picture of me showing you exactly how I feel while running. It's the worst. Um, so by paying, you are incentivizing me having a bad time, which I know a significant portion of podcast listeners will enjoy. Um, how, how are your morning runs, Joe? How far are you going? Uh, I did my longest of my recent training this morning. I did seven and a half K. Nice. Uh, it's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> like, my legs feel fine now. The The problem I usually have is that my legs get really tired, but I'm starting to realize, like quite how short I fall of 10k in terms of stamina um, <laughs> like I get to five and I feel like five's fine generally for me most of the time but anything beyond five suddenly becomes this like horrific exercise in to- yeah. like torturing my own brain like if you walk if you fucking walk you're a piece of <laughs> shit and you're letting everyone down your mother will hate you and that's how I, I get over the line I think the biggest problem you got this time is like I've done the 10k as well before and it's when you're around all these other people that motivates me because I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be the guy mm. walking. Where, but when there's no one else around you, I guess well, it's very tempting. Yeah. So this, like, yeah, the 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 ex- self excoriating attacks on myself just have to be doubled. That's basically what I'm going <laughs> for. Um, but I would love for you to donate. If you don't know what Special Effect do, they are an unbelievable charity. They make video games accessible for people who would otherwise not be able to play them. Um, primarily through eye-tracking software. If you've never played a game with your eyes, it's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> genuinely, if you ever get a chance to go, when conventions exist again, go to the special effects stand, which is always at, like, EGX or Res or whatever, and play one of the eye-tracking games. It's genuinely wicked. It feels like your actual... It's, like, better than Minority Report. It's fucking wicked. Um, and they also adjust controllers and stuff. Like, oh, it's great. Some of their videos are tear-jerkers. Uh, oh, yeah. So... Go and have a look. Uh, justgiving.com slash IGN UK. Thank you. That's the end of the plug. But I will do it every week. Uh, right. This week, we're going to start off. I, I accidentally kicked a hornet's nest last week by calling people who want a Snyder Cut maniacs. Uh, and in the interests of giving people a right to reply, um, because we got a lot of replies, we're going to read out a selection of uh, feedback about the Snyder Cut to see if it can mm. convince us that it is for some reason a good thing um <laughs> matt were you on last week's podcast i can't remember who was on what i wasn't no, no what are your feelings break. on snyder cut um don't like it basically yeah <laughs> i uh so it's probably i should put it out there that i am quite a big fan of joss whedon's work and i think he's a, an ideal ensemble director so i think he was the right person to bring in um but there's no denying like that that film is is a collection of body parts, isn't it, from different like projects? And I don't like. It could have been. I don't know. Let's let's use Scorsese for lack of a better 
uh, icon you know you couldn't you couldn't have bought any good director in to save that regardless mm. um but in general i don't really like Zack snyder's work mm-hmm. i think i think he's a very very good visual artist i think his films quite often look very cool mm. yeah but um aside from i like watchmen quite a bit yeah i like but, Watchmen. but like other than that Man of Steel's got its elements, but I think like Batman versus Superman is just genuinely a travesty, yeah. and I think uh, I think Justice League is better than BVS, but not by much. <laughs> I think we I think we were kind of in somewhat in the emotional stage of responding to it last week. The more I think about it, the more <laughs> my problem with it is the the knock on effect rather than the cut itself. Have sure, you yeah. already seen that? There's like I think. I think it might be a joke, but there's already a change.org to get the four apparently a four hour cut of Revenge of the Sith. Which as far uh, as I can tell doesn't actually exist. Yeah. And then there's but, like the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, yeah. which is like that's Im- it is impossible that that film can be good. And I'm on yeah. record as saying it's fine after four pints, but it's not gonna be good. Uh, and then I think we had an uh, a article yesterday about whether there was a Kinberg cut of Apocalypse the the x-men one oh god you're just like oh. i don't think kimberg's a good director no, so. we don't need we don't <laughs> need it like sometimes movies are just bad and we can make better ones in future anyway mm, yeah that's our ideas but we've got snyder cut feedback i'm going to read the first one this is from francis jackson i will preface this by saying that excited is the wrong word I was never one clamouring for the Snyder Cut to be released, signing petitions and what have you. On the other hand, I am happy it's being made and I would describe myself as cautiously optimistic. My issue with Justice League is that it's just a complete non-event. It isn't interesting, it clearly suffers from two vastly different directors with different tones and a style that feels like neither a Joss Whedon nor a Zack Snyder film. It doesn't really feel like a follow-up to the previous two films and it is just so forgettable. I feel like if we get Snyder's cut, for better or worse, at the very least, it will feel consistent and will make for a more interesting film. I would almost prefer a terrible film than the one that I am completely indifferent to as it makes it more interesting. I don't disagree with that. I obviously hope that it won't be terrible, and I'm cautiously optimistic that, due to liking Man of Steel and to an extent Batman vs Superman, that's a good qualifier, that I will like the Snyder Cut. Do I think it will have issues? Absolutely. Do I think the supposed four hours length is a good thing? No chance. Though if it is done as a miniseries, that might work. Do I think Man of Steel should have got a sequel first, that the DC Universe and the Justice League should have been built from the ground up, things planned and not rushed? 110% yes. However, I am glad Snyder will at least get to complete his vision, and I'm curious to see how it pans out. I think that's a very interesting, qualified version of thoughts I don't have. But it's something (laughs) like... Yeah, I think the thing about tonal consistency is bang on because the one thing I will say about Batman vs Superman is I think it's overly dour. I don't think it's right, for at least for my interpretation of those characters. But it is tonally consistent compared to, especially sort of like Man of Steel is pretty tonally consistent and you can see that that completely goes away mm. by Justice League. And so I think I think there's that to be said. Like it will be a more... Like, it will feel as one whole. I still don't know if that whole is what I want to see. I guess that's somebody who's, you know, clamoring for these consistencies between a series that they care about, whereas for me, I think, well, I didn't care about those first two, so I'm not interested in completing the arc or anything like that. And the idea of having to, like, preferring the idea of watching a terrible film, I'd just rather not watch it again and just forget about it, just let it be in the past. But they've got the attachment that I haven't, I guess. I think, like... 
I mean, apart from my general problems with like a, a vociferous audience being able to change art <laughs> after mm-hmm. the fact, mm-hmm. which I think is a bad precedent, and I yep. will not be shifted on that. I think part of my problem is like I do like some of Zack Snyder's work and I'd prefer that he was spending all this time making a new film. Like, I'd prefer that he wasn't working with what is at best compromised material because he can't Mm -hmm. do reshoots with the cast. So it's not like he's going to get new stuff that would be better. Mm. Like, I would prefer him to be using his time and talents to make something that could be better than Justice League rather than a better Justice League. It just also feels like... It's a shame. it feels like a step back for DC in general when they seem to have, like, you know, made step forward mm. in what their vision is of how they their universe works. And now it feels like, you know, with the progress that they've made, they're just taking a big step back and revisiting this. <laughs> I'm sort of... One of my other questions is, I actually want to know how much Snyder actually wants this. Like, I'm sure he obviously wants it from a certain amount because he's doing it. But it does feel like it's come on the back of a fan sort of movement. And let's bench this in. One of my favourite films of all time is Blade Runner. And Blade Runner has had at least three different cuts, maybe four. Mm. And I genuinely think that the final cut, like released in, what was that, 2007? I think that Mm. is the best version of that film. But when you look at what Ridley Scott did with that, it was because he was obsessed with finding his, his version of perfection for that film. And all of the efforts that went into that were using, like, by the time there were certain scenes in that film that he just didn't like. And so eventually he got, like, Harrison Ford's son to re-record elements of Deckard. And then he'd re-dub and use CGI to make those scenes work. In the end, I think what he's got is a pretty perfect movie. But that's because that's an artist in pursuit of perfection, right? Is is Snyder an artist in pursuit of perse- of perfection? Or is this... Because he's doing it because Warner Brothers have realised that they can probably make a, a fat dime out of this. Mm. I think that's definitely that's definitely it, isn't it? Really, well, it's just money driven, unfortunately. And you know, great art is always driven by money, isn't it? It always works mm. out. Yeah, and like you said, Joe, like I think probably my favourite Snyder film is Watchmen. Just like that comic is incredible, and I think he does a great job of visually bringing that to life. Mm. But I think there's I'd like to see Snyder do something that's his. Like, so I think Sucker Punch is a bad film. Like, it's a bad narrative experience. God, it's a brilliant, like, pop music video. Mm. And so I'd love to see, like, like, I mean, this is very much typically me, but he's got a section which is a bunch of World War One cyborgs and there's a mech that turns up. <laughs> I, I'd like to see him actually do a film that was good with that visual, like, feeling to mm. it. I don't. It's interesting. All right, shall we move on to uh, who's this, Mister Gunty? <laughs> Does someone want to uh, read this, or shall I? Yeah, I can read this. Go for it, uh, Mister Gunty. Right. There are many tales of movie studios or execs changing, modifying, or editing movies to fit a particular need, whether it, whether it be to meet classification restrictions, receive bonuses, or whatever. Like movies as a medium, and I like movies as a medium and enjoy watching the movies as a pastime. The thought of a movie being modified by persons that are not directly correct in creating the movie to achieve a goal other than making the best version of the movie really gets my goat. I've really enjoyed some of Zack Snyder's movies, Man of Steel being one. I wanted to see more of that. 
Though I enjoyed the floor BVS, specifically the Ultimate Edition, I was disappointed by the Justice League movie. I very much wanted to see the intended vision regardless of how it actually turned out. That being said, I will be disappointed if the Snyder Cut amounts to little more than the addition of a few deleted scenes. I want the whole thing, as hinted in storyboards and interviews and such. I want it all, baby. (laughs) Give it to me. Give it to Mr. Um, Gunty. (laughs) (laughs) On a related note, I hadn't heard about the attacks from supposed fans on fans of the film while i haven't noticed i'm completely unsurprised i'm not on twitter or facebook so probably somewhat shielded from the shit fuckery (laughs) correct what i've observed in these instances where critics have stated what the fuck do we want this for and forums where individuals make positive comments about the dc movie are met with largely amounts of negativity which is again unsurprising I'm not sure how much the 20 million takes away from the other potential projects being made, but my only hope is that there are any positives from this nonsense. Aside from the better version of this particular movie, it's that the studios and execs might leave movies to be made the way they are envisioned, even the wonky ones. While I say that, I recognise it's more likely that an entitled arsehole will be emboldened. <laughs> Lots of love, Mr. Gunty. <laughs> uh, like, again, a very well-reasoned approach to this. I think... I think part of what Mr. Gunty, with respect, misses (laughs) is that this isn't just a situation in which a movie was modified by people not directly creating it. Like, there were extenuating Mm. circumstances that led to Zack Snyder leaving that movie. Like, it's this isn't purely a studio going, "We're, we're taking over Final Cut, this is our choice. Um... I do think Whedon was a weird choice to replace Zack Snyder. Uh, Like, that's a very different version of director, particularly with regard to this kind of film. Um, Is it it weird when you consider, though, what what they wanted Justice League to be? They wanted it to be the Avengers, so you get the guy that directed the Avengers, who has a history in ensemble casts. Mm. Yeah, oh no, I totally get it from that Mm -hmm. perspective, but if you give it to Joss Whedon, after Zack Snyder has already provided this much stuff... That is clearly yeah. not Whedon-esque. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're then you're kind of you're asking for a tonally inconsistent movie. So that yeah. I understand as a studio like issue. I totally get um, the perception that we we are definitely a part of um, of critics saying what the fuck do we want this for, uh, and people making positive comments being met with negativity. And I will say, like, I have thought about how I talked about it last week and I was probably a bit unfair. Um, I think the problem is that we get into a situation where we start conflating everything that happens into two sides. So, like, there's people who don't want Zack the Snyder Cut and there's people who do. And so what we're saying is, like, the people who do are all on the side of the dickheads who are going after people. We're actually... There's obviously a spectrum of people. There are people like Mr. Gunty the legend, who just wants to see a version of a movie as it was intended. And I think that's totally fair. And, like, that is partly why I read out that, partly in jest last week, but there was that tweet where it was like, I'm really glad that an artist is getting to make the movie they wanted to. It will be shit. Um, And that's basically how I feel. But I totally get the idea of wanting to see what should have been there. Um, I just don't like the way it's happened. I don't... I, I just think it's dangerous that we've got to a place where we are now able to, like... Force a hand. Force a hand into something that could end up... Like, again, Zack Snyder could be making something else. 
I don't know. Yeah. I think we I think yeah. we possibly lose more than we gain. Yeah, is an issue. I agree completely. But the other thing is, is I don't necessarily think we've got any precedent to, which I think everybody recognises that we don't realise, we don't know if the Zack Snyder version will be any better. But it's probably worth pointing out that good films, uh, certainly within this category of filmmaking, aren't very often the director's final vision. Mm. Like, um, if you take a look uh, into sort of like the history of how the Marvel films are made. They're quite good at putting their directors front and centre, but actually, it's it's Figgy and it's the Marvel board of like creative directors that get final say on how these films yeah. turn out. There's a lot of um, talk that you can read about, sort of like interviews with Joss Whedon about how much was compromised with Age of Ultron, mm. um, because it was all those films have to fit into the wider universe; they can't be their own stories. Um, so famously, you know the section in Age of Ultron where Thor has to go down into the cave and you end up with a five-minute section about Ragnarok that won't ever get addressed for like six films' time or something like that. Yeah, That was something that Whedon basically had to compromise on, I think, for him to keep the section where it's just Cap um, and Iron Man talking at the farm. Mm. So he wanted his character-based stuff and they didn't necessarily want that and his compromise was, well, I'll keep the the stuff for for later on if i can keep this so you know and that's why you know edgar wright left on ant-man because and and what we had um lord and miller oh that was a star wars that was that was solo yeah yeah Uh, all of these films at this tentpole sort of stage don't really get to be the artist's full intention Mm, yeah so that is actually why this is kind of interesting because Presumably the way they're doing it and the fact that Zack Snyder's name is five times larger than the words Justice League in the in the title treatment <laughs> suggests that this actually is his version, mm-hmm. which would be quite rare for a superhero film. So that's sort of exciting in its own way. Yeah. Imagine if this is massively successful as well. Like what sort of cut launch would that give Zack Snyder going well, forward? Well, I think there's well? something really interesting in about in how it's being released on HBO Max because ultimately uh if if netflix is anything to go by it will be an invisible success like mm. we so on igm we don't report on the whole we certainly don't now report on stories of netflix saying how successful its shows are because they don't release data they yeah. just say how many people watched it and they don't say how long they watched it for they don't like there is no public facing element where we can actually analyze what they say and so I think releasing on HBO Max in a sort of businessy sense is very useful because you can say 300 million people watch this or however many people get HBO Max in the end. Uh, and it won't say how many people turned off after five minutes, how many people turned off after half yeah. an hour, that kind of thing. So I think it. I think it will ultimately... And like it is going to drive people to go and see it. Like As I said last week, I'm going to watch it because it's yeah, an interesting point in pop culture history. Um mm not necessarily a good one um but like it will be a success and i think Zack snyder will come out of it well um it's just like it's i think you i think that's a really interesting point matt that like this might be one of the only times where we see a truly uncompromised version of a superhero movie but what that actually results in is quite interesting yeah Mm -hmm. shall we uh read this next one from thomas height let's do it um Thomas, you wrote quite a lot, but you very handily put a summary at the end. So in the interests of time, I feel like your entire argument gets quite nicely encompassed here. So 
With Justice League, we got the Anchorman 1.5 or that Deadpool Christmas thing where they made a piece of shit Frankenstein film <laughs> out of leftover footage. Yeah. The Snyder Cut isn't advertised as a re-edit. It's been advertised by the man himself as a completely different film, which, yeah, pretty much. Um, it was never supposed to be released due to needing 20 or 30 million to finish effects, which is now what they've got. It doesn't cost this much to re-edit a film, so sheer mm. curiosity. Yes, Dale, I'll, I'll let you. I don't know anything about the costing of it. I mean, edits, so. but I, I would hazard a guess that Thomas doesn't either, you know? <laughs> um, like, CGI is an expensive game. The, like, it depends how much they've got to do. The HBO Max boss actually came out last week and said, or this week, in fact, and said... Um, that thirty million, I wish it cost thirty million. It's going to cost way more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I guess uh, with advertising stuff on that, but I, I guess I guess Thomas means that it doesn't cost twenty million just to re-edit existing footage. Mm. He's suggesting that 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 covers finishing the effects and stuff like yeah. that, right? Mm. Um, because obviously we now know that Dark Seeds in the film, which um, you know introduces a whole element there, or. It's Dark Seed or Dark Side. I've always said Dark Side, be... but who yeah, actually knows? Because they spell I it think wrong. It's... <laughs> yeah, I will point out that for my entire comic book reading career until the firms came out, it was Thanos to me rather than Thanos, <laughs> but I recognise that I got that wrong. Look, when you've only read a word, what can you do? Hermione. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said Hermione for was... years. Yeah, I think I actually think I said Hermione. <laughs> oh, that's bit... very exotic. <laughs> until... <laughs> until the literal character had to spell it phonetically in her. Anyway, um, it doesn't cost this much to re-edit a film, so sheer, sheer curiosity what they can do with this much money, even if it's a train wreck. I would at least like to see the original Anchorman or Deadpool version of Justice League that may still be shit, but at least will be consistent with Snyder's other DC films. Even cutting out the horrendous one-liner attempts, brunch, really, Joss? <laughs> Uh, and Cavill's CGI stash cover-up would at least add half a star onto everyone's review, mm. even if it just means it's now a one-star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides, if you don't like the Snyder Cut, you'll always have the theatrical version. True. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I realise now I sound a bit mental. I don't necessarily no, I don't think, think so. mental. Yeah. Uh, but didn't sign any petitions or tweet at anyone. I will say, uh, I've been emboldened and delighted with how well-reasoned and interesting and non-aggressive the responses to this have been from people who do like the Snyder Cut, even though I was quite rude. Um, so so we've got a better class thing, of listener. Part of the things I don't get there, so I don't really know anything about Anchorman 1.5, so are you able to... Well, Anchorman's a weird one. I, like, I, t- to be honest, I think uh, it's a slightly... It's a, it's a very different situation. Anchorman started mm-hmm. as a film about... Uh, the original draft of Anchorman, if you want to know, was about uh, a bunch of news anchormen in a plane crash having to fight off uh, evil monkeys. That's true. Um, okay. And that's that was the inspiration for um, the news team fights in the in the right. final film. But everything else was improvised out of that film. And so what they did after Anchorman... They did so much improv and so much making up new plot points that what they did is after Anchorman came out, they made a second Anchorman film just out of unused footage. And it's rubbish right. because it doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> But it, it kind of doesn't need to. It was never properly released. Um, so, yes, uh, Anchorman 1.5 
is a piece of shit made out of Frankenstein film leftover footage. Um, and I get that comparison with Justice League. But to say that you want to see the original Anchorman version of Justice League doesn't quite make sense because Anchorman wasn't created in the same way. But I get the initial point is essentially yeah. it. I've never watched the Deadpool Christmas thing. I bet it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, no That's the one where they, to- they took all the swearing and violence out, right? Was not was that the deal with that Oh, one? I thought they... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Who have we got next? Uh, We've got so many. Yeah, okay. should, we did, should we just... I like... Should we read JM's one and then end it on there? Let's, 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 read, uh, let's read JM. Okay, I'll read JM. So JM starts with Hello Bots. So that's a good start. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you're wondering why any of us would want a Snyder Cut. You have to understand a lot of us grew up with the Justice League, the animated series, and love these characters and feel like Whedon intentionally ruined the movie. All you have to do... <laughs> All you have to do to Point that one. movie is take out. Sorry, all you have to do to that movie is take out the intro Weedon Gate mustache scene, take out the Batman jokes, and show Darkseed. That will immediately elevate the movie, and also take out Weedon jokes that ruined the tone. When you really consider it, the original cut is the original cut really worse than Iron Man Three. You've let yourself whoa, down, whoa, JM. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's two. <laughs> you've got. See, this is the thing, JM. You start two paragraphs with legit points. Right? So, <laughs> growing up with the characters, totally understand why you would want a version of that represented in a live-action film. Very fair. Also, I agree that there are things that can be taken out that will immediate, immediately elevate the movie. But, you say, we didn't intentionally ruin the movie. That is <laughs> mad to me. <laughs> he's, a, yeah. he's a working director, <laughs> and his name's on it. It's not like he went in the editing room without telling anyone and wrote, like, Snyder sucks across the film stock. Um, insane. And to think that Iron Man 3 is bad is an immediate marker that I can't trust your opinions because no. Iron Man 3 is wicked. And people. So I want to just. For a little bit of defense for Iron Man 3 here. So the first time I saw Iron Man 3, I went to see it on opening day. I took the day off work, went to see it. And I did not like it the very first time I saw it. I think because I went in, I'm a long-term comic reader, so I went in expecting the Mandarin, right? Yeah, and I didn't sure. get the Mandarin. Go back and watch it a second time, knowing that's not the thing, and it improves a hundredfold. Yeah, like when you take it for the film that it actually is, rather than the film that you go in believing it's going to be. Um, and it's it's one of those where it's 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 everything that people like about Marvel movies. Like mm. it's it's got all that great comedy and all the, that you know all the. The, the way that it deals with really heavy, emotional, wrought feelings alongside really damn good jokes. Yeah. It's all there in Iron Man also, 3. It's just some really good action scenes in that one. The bit where Iron Man's uh, just got Iron Man, the bit where Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> Tony Stark, <laughs> has just one glove and he's using yes, that to, to have the fight. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really good jokes in it as well. I watched it recently and I forgot how funny that, that film is as well. And I, like somebody who had no like affiliation or no I didn't even know who the Mandarin was going into that film mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it I never had a problem with it and I didn't quite understand it but you make a valid point Matt like you know you go in it with expectations of one thing and it's actually something else so maybe that's where the disappointment came from yeah and I think a lot of people will have struck it off their list and just like I'll never watch that again yeah. but honestly like going back and I've watched it about four times now and I think it's a cracker I, really I think do. it's up there I think it's one of the best 
you know what? Let's not end on a on a downer. I'm going to read Riley Brewer's one because I think this is a okay, good cool. this is a good uh, summation of what I think the general tone of our responses have been. Um, so, hi guys, I just want to say my piece regarding the Snyder Cut situation. Personally, I think part of the issue is the original theatrical release of the movie is such a Frankenstein of two movies. We have Snyder's original film, but when he had to go off the movie due to the family tragedy, we get Joss Whedon, who deserves no hate or malice, brought in to reshoot the movie per WB's orders. WB didn't decide to push the movie because how they... how because how could they indefinitely delay their already troubled Justice League movie and utilise this moment to add the pieces they thought was needed in the blockbuster through Whedon. I think what I want out of this is what the original director envisioned for his movie. Whether it's good or bad, and it's probably going to be bad, the artist deserves to have his piece put out the way he intended. I think that's what the majority of fans want, and there's a minority who is toxic to anyone who shows no interest in this film. Funnily enough, WB has had a similar situation with the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. Just my thoughts. I think, like... That to me sums up the a a very reasonable response to our feelings on this. And like mm. I will say, seeing all this come in initially, I was quite worried that there was going to be loads of angry people at me. But the the response has been really interesting, and I've really enjoyed reading it. And everyone who's we didn't read out, we have read them all. Um, yeah, and we do really appreciate you, like in you know coming back to us with your reasonable reasons to come on so yeah um i don't know how much more we'll talk about the snyder cut um i do like actually i will say i do like that the man who played dark side who just got chopped out of the movie and it's like he's like one of the most important supervillains in comic book history and he's not in the (laughs) film you know that's that must be horrible for him so i'm glad he's getting his deal it's also like, especially after BVS sets it yeah. all up, you get the, the, the nightmare sequence with Batman and you see the big Omega symbol mm. and all like the heralds of Darkseid turn up and it's the big promise. It's like in, in previous Marvel movies when they've been promising Thanos coming. And you're like, yes, the final team up, it's going to be against one of the biggest villains in DC history. Mm. And we've got fucking Steppenwolf. <laughs> Stephen Wolf. Stephen um, Wolf. I don't, like, I I will say, I don't think I've been convinced that this is a truly good situation, but I am definitely more on board with the idea, having read mm. the feedback, and I thank everyone for their interesting contributions. Yeah. And that's why we I put it so say, prominently in the podcast. I want to say that I'm still not on board with the idea, but I am happy that everybody is happy. Yes. That they, they feel like they're getting what they want, and that makes me happy that you get to enjoy it. Uh, also, we should say, we're not going to cover all the new drowning stories, but we no, might no. do the same thing with this next week. <laughs> could do, yeah, <laughs> Just for drowning. <laughs> <laughs> so keep them coming in. Right, should we do some normal type podcasting? Yes, please. Uh, Matt, Hello. you have played Outriders, the interesting new people can fly looter shooter. Um, yeah. You've got an excellent preview out there. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you, um, because you think about combat in a way that's more than just a luck gun. Um, and you explain <laughs> really well about how that works. But yeah. I would love you to talk about it now because I think a lot of people have seen Outriders, but maybe fewer understand what they're actually going for with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an odd one. And I must say, like I'll clarify here, even I still am not completely sure about what Outriders is because they've shown so little of it Mm. and it seems like they're doing broadcasts now it seems like one a month maybe the first one happened yesterday which i think is going to gradually explain what this game is but 
it's a looter shooter, but it's not being designed as a Destiny or a Division. It's not one of these where you have to log in every day and play an awful lot of repetitive sort of smaller quests to unlock guns or anything like that. That's At least as far as they're telling me, that is not their intention. It's a campaign, a bit like a... Imagine if Gears of War and Diablo had a baby. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing we've got. It's a linear... Well, I'm not necessarily going to say it's a linear campaign, but it's because it uses hub worlds, apparently. And you play through that as one of... I think there are going to be possibly... It's There's more than three classes, I think, because we know of three, and I think there's more to mm-hmm. come. Um, and you can play through that in co-op or on your own. And basically... The quest that I played didn't really offer any suggestion of what it might be more than shooting a lot of people. But what I will tell you is is that the shooting felt pretty damn good. Mostly because I didn't shoot a lot of people with guns. I shot them with superpowers. (laughs) And that's what made it feel so good. So when I was talking to the guys from People Can Fly, one of their core philosophies around the combat was in a lot of these sort of games like Borderlands, like Destiny, your superpowers are you have a button that you wait to charge up and once like it's charged up over three minutes or so you press it everyone on screen dies and then you wait again right mm-hmm. and that's how destiny's ultimates work they were like we want powers to at least be 50 percent of what you're doing so all the cooldowns are really short and then you combine that with the abilities of basically like if if a marvel movie or a dc movie was actually maybe like a, a grindhouse director <laughs> So, for example, the trickster has a a big temporal blade that he sort of, like, you can slash out over about five different opponents and it will strip the muscle from their skeletons and then cause their skeletons to explode. And they'll also be slowed down while that's happening. (laughs) Um, So that's the trickster. So the trickster is all about slowing enemies down and killing them in close combat. Whereas another class that I really got on with is a class called the Devastator, which is sort of like a medium-range tank, mm. but he can call stalagmites to like blast up through the ground and impale people on them. And there are like lots of different animations for that impaling. And my favourite one is it will come up through someone's chin. Which, when you described slowly... it, I was just like, yeah. it's the end of Hot Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I it's want the way that some the... ice cream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like when they're stuck on that stalagmite, they sort of wave their arms as they oh slowly God. die and gradually sink down the stalagmite. Yeah. Oh, really? So it's yeah, it's yeah. Slide down it's, it. Oh, that's grim. Yeah, it's it's super grim, and I love like it's it's so. It's say it's so grindhousey. The one of the skills that you can get is as the pyromancer, who's like a a long range flame attack guy. He can slam his fists into the ground, and it creates a, a wave of fire that travels forward but it'll go through cover so if you can find two people that are like bunkering down behind cover you're like ah oh, there's nothing that you can do now and you just sear them and you can hear them screaming behind it you can use a whip of flame and pull people in and turn them into ash nice. oh so that's proper it's, that's it's proper bullet bonkers. storm as well like yeah yeah is there any like value to using a gun then if the cooldowns are so short on these abilities so basically the the way that they it's very much one of They've got the philosophy of we want you to build a character that suits you. Mm. So if you're really into guns, they explained you put all of your ability points into weapon stats and you choose because you I can't remember how many skills that you'll earn over the game, but you can use three at a time right. and you choose 
abilities that maybe weren't to do with killing people. You'd choose something that was a bit more supportive. So, for example, the trickster can use one where he like sends out a crystal that will hop from enemy to enemy and it slows those enemies, which then allows you to line up some really cool headshots. Mm. Or the devastator can do one where, you know, in District 9, the mech that can collect all the bullets mm. and oh, then yeah. he can fire them back. The, the Devastator can do that. That's it's cool. almost like he's Neo, stops yeah. the bullets in midair and throws them back. Um, so you can use all of these supporting skills. Whereas if you decided that... See, I don't... At the moment, I've not been super impressed by the guns. They don't feel super punchy. And the ones they offered in the demo were just a bit like rusty assault rifle or slightly less rusty assault rifle. <laughs> and... I, I'd rather play with something a lot more brutal. Which than you wouldn't that. expect well, from the Bulletstorm people, like that. No, that game. And the thing is, the the weaponry stuff is so exciting in it that I was kind of into Outriders just on the promise of more of that. Mm-hmm. The the videos that they showed yesterday included people wearing really cool armor and guns that have got skulls all over them. I was like, why didn't I get to play with that? I guess it's because. They want to gradually introduce things over, but I feel I would have liked to have been able to say I got all these cool powers and the guns were cool mm. as well. But the other thing is, is I do have to uh, point out because of the times that we're in, I had to play this effectively over an equivalent of Stadia. So a tiny little bit of lag and maybe in that translation over mm. streaming, yeah. perhaps I didn't feel all of the things the gun feel that the game That's has to really offer. Um, so yeah, maybe there's that. But yeah, for me, I would be building a uh, a character that would go much more on the powers. Yeah, definitely. And so I asked the developers, it was like, you say that you start out at 50-50 and you can push it either way you want. Well, let's say I wanted to go 80-20 to powers. Can I do that? And, and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, of course. I was like, well, how about 90-10? And his response was, well, I think you can go even more than that because basically you can find items in the world that augment all of the things that you're doing. And if you can find the items that remove the cooldowns, effectively you can just be spamming them. There we go. And That's so, what I want. Yeah, so I like the idea of just being able to... There was a little bit of a rift because I was chatting to the creative director and the lead designer and they had slightly different opinions on how far you could push that. Mm. The The creative director's very much like, no, you can you can resign from shooting. You don't have to. Whereas the lead designer was a bit like, I think you could do it mostly without <laughs> shooting. Okay. Um, so I think he wants to be a little bit more resigned. And also they made a really good point of, it's, it uses what's called the world tier system, where basically if you can play for a long time without dying, it jacks up the difficulty. And so as those tiers, and it goes from tier one, which is considered story, into tier two, which is easy, into normal, into hard. But it goes up to level 15. Oh. So what I want to know is like what what sort of build you need to make to survive at level 15. Because mm. surely that's where it all comes in. I think doing a completely no guns run, probably okay at the lower ones. But when you get to tier 15, surely you have to be using everything that that game yeah. offers. sure. And the other thing is, is you you don't find healing packs in the world. To heal, you have to kill, and each class has a different way that it it heals itself. So the trickster, you have to do close combat kills to gain your health back. Okay. And I found there were so many enemies on the hard level that I just kept dying before I could get the kills mm-hmm. required. Whereas if I played as the pyromancer, who can use distance to gain his health back, 
I found that like being able to see where everybody was coming at me from meant that I could manage those hordes a lot easier. Mm. And therefore I found it easier as him. So I think distance for me, but if you're really good at close combat, I guess the trickster's probably something for you. The the combat bit, bit reminds me a little bit of Doom Eternal then as well. The idea of mm. having to use a bit of everything to survive, to constantly keep the chain going. And that might, yeah. might be where the, the gun combat comes in. If you do want to just be power focused, you just need the gun just in between those moments to sort of fill yeah. the gaps. Yeah, absolutely. I think I hadn't really thought of Doom, but actually I think you've made a really good point. It's it's obviously a very different way of doing it, mm. but it does have a... I don't think it's combat loop feeds in quite the same way as Doom because Doom is shields, ammo, and health, yeah. whereas this is just health. But there's definitely a, a loop and you're a parasite to your enemies as much as your enemies are a parasite to you, right? Yeah, that's good. Um, I like it. Yeah, there's, I still need to see a lot more of this game to think that that violence is worth going through like i love i love how it felt i loved making people splatter up the walls and (laughs) disintegrate and all of that mad Mm. stuff because i've just not i've not played a looter shooter that made me feel like you you know the fantasies of superman gone bad Mm. it was a bit like that i really enjoyed it sounds like you're describing like psyops you know like (laughs) yeah those old sort of almost B games where it was just like just run through it and make things burst <laughs> like who gives a <laughs> shit <laughs> and so what I want to know is 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 the mission design worth like is it a good vehicle for that yeah because what I played was just I, I, I followed a line that went through five different enemy camps I think it mm. was and there was a mini boss and then there was a boss at the end and then I got a cutscene and the only other thing that I could really do was there was a point where the the road forks like distinctly forks it's like if you go to the right that's the side quest and it's basically a horde mode in a mm-hmm. bunker and you'll get some cool loot for it i say cool loot i didn't think the loot was cool i knew <laughs> i clearly need to be at a higher level in the game for for cool stuff to drop or you just followed it and the only thing that interrupted you was you have to kill everybody here and one of them will drop a key to get you through mm-hmm. a door mm-hmm. and that was really the only variety that was getting i think a game that's based around because it clearly what they want you to do is because they cite Diablo as as part of what they're working with, and Diablo is a game that you just play the campaign through repeatedly, doing higher difficulties and rechallenging yourself to say, okay, the build that I built on on normal doesn't work anymore, so I'm going to reconfigure everything that I do, change every gun that I use, change every bit of armor, so I get different modifications and can play the game in a different way to meet that level of challenge. I think I need something that's more than just following an objective marker to make that challenge feel like something that I want to go yeah. with. Right. So yeah, still need to see a lot more of it, but I can say that the combat was wicked. I'm I'm interested in it. It def- like it sounds like the kind of thing at the very least where I could run through it once with some mates and have mm-hmm. a perfectly good time with and not and almost the pressure of it not being a game of, you know, it's a looter shooter without the pressure of like come back every day yeah. um mm. like that kind of appeals to me in a one and done you know Definitely. way yeah. just like just play a cool co-op shooter once that's what we used to do i mean still into it yeah. yeah uh let's go to a different game i can't think of a segue i'm not good enough at it uh man eater me and dale have both played some man eater yeah uh, how much have you played joe i've played maybe two hours and Okay. Maybe it for me. Um, not good. It's not that it's not 
good. I think it looks nice, and I really like. So, I've been following Manita since it was the the tease on the PC gaming show, like two or three years ago. Um, E three, and like every show I went to where it was available to go and look at, I would go and look at it because I love the idea <laughs> of like a silly open world game that knows that it's dumb, and like what I kind of expected was a game that indulged in how stupid that was and (laughs) what it is is a game with a really good setup like i love the idea this is a game about playing a shark being followed by a reality tv show crew that is talk (laughs) constantly narrating on what the shark is doing and there is a story told in a reality tv style and like that's wicked to me like it's shark week rpg game and like cool really into that but what I was expecting on top of that was like we got I got shown at E3 last year in a hands off like oh you're gonna get like electrified armor and like weird mutations and like bone uh, like a bone skeleton out exoskeleton type upgrade yeah. and like all this dumb shit um and I was like okay right cool so this is gonna go fully bizarre and like really mess around like almost how you're describing Outriders like this idea of mm-hmm. I will be able to go through this game and do mad shit as a shark. But what it amounts to is just buy-in. Like, pressing yeah. <laughs> R2 almost constantly and nothing mm-hmm. else. And Holding L2, pressing R2, yeah. that's pretty much the loop. And I don't get how they've got there. I don't know how in playtesting no one's like, yes, we've got a cool setup, but the game that you are playing is at best quite painful to your index finger. <laughs> Like it's weird. <laughs> uh, so that's that's definitely not so. Like, I've, I'm developing RSI in my index yeah. finger, definitely. So Manny it's not a game for you. me. Mm. I don't know why they couldn't have just come up with like different forms of attack as well. Like just have you know a like a, a sharp strike or a big lunge and stuff. Just create a few like a few variations, mm. even if it's like the the equivalent of like high kick, low kick sort of thing. Yeah. Or something. Can you not? Can you not put a laser beam on its head? Surely that's what shark games all about. I mean, potentially later on. I haven't got, haven't got that far. Like the closest to truly like inventive thinking around the combat in the game is you can do this tail whip, which like batters mm. things away. But what you can do is like grab something in your mouth, hold it, jump out of the water, and then tail whip it into something. So you can like smash people into like obstacles and like bounce them off stuff. Yeah. And you're like, that's a fun idea, but it's it's one idea and it, mm. it it never seems to and i am you know i'm saying this without having finished the game but i'm not reviewing it so whatevs but like my experience of those early hours is like oh my god this is going to be all there is and our review says as much i think dan likes it more than i do um dan stapleton who reviewed it he gave it a 7 out of 10 he really likes a lot about it but he describes the combat as shallow as a puddle and he says specifically, shallow combat and simplistic upgrades can sustain can't sustain that excitement for the roughly to fifteen hours that it takes to finish. Yeah. And like, I can't do fifteen hours of it. Like, I just can't bring myself to do it. I mean, for me, uh, there's a lot that I like about it, and mainly that it's you know it's it's a tick sheet, right? It's a spreadsheet. Mm. The game sort of there's so many so so focused on collectibles and ticking off missions and stuff that that's kind of appeals to me. Uh, the problem I had last night was I played about four hours and I was getting a bit sick of the combat. I wasn't sure how if I was going to continue much more. 
and then the game crashed anyway and then I tried to boot it back up and then it just corrupted my save so I've lost everything so now oh. that's sort of made the decision for me that well yeah that's me done with that game at this point yeah and I also Googled that as well. And apparently a lot of people are suffering with the same issue as well. Not just on PS4, but on Xbox as well. That's, That's happened quite a lot. never good. No. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Like, it's that horrible thing. I think that's probably, you know, it's increasingly common as we kind of are able to follow games more. But like, I've been excited for this game for years and it's just not <laughs> what I hoped it would be at the end of it. And like, that's partly my fault for having those false hopes but like yeah. it's just not it's just not exactly what I wanted <laughs> yeah. and that's sad I just yeah it, I think it just needs a bit more like moment Maybe to moment thought too, Joe. I, like I'd be well up for a man eater too I'd be really yeah. into it like what I really like is it plays into it's like old like shareware games I played on Mac and stuff back in the day where it was like be a fish eat enough fish to become a bigger fish and like yeah. like that really simple structure of like increasing power and yeah. i really like that leveling up in this game is physically represented as your shark getting bigger and uglier all the way through and like that's mm. a fun idea and there's so much fun they're having with it it's just it's not fun enough to play to get to that yeah. stuff and that, i think that's a real shame uh, i also wanted to talk really briefly about sludge life have either of you seen sludge life it is I've, no. seen, I've seen a trailer for it's it. It's the new Devolver uh, game. No, no. came out for uh, PC yesterday and is coming to Switch, I believe. I'm not sure when. Um, but it mm. is free on Epic Game Store for a year. <laughs> so some what? sort of deals happened. Um, I've, I've played like half an hour of this so far, but it is the most Devolver game you can imagine. It's a, <laughs> it's a mini open world where you play a guy that just goes around and graffiti stuff, smokes cigarettes and takes pictures of things. I think there's a story, but I may not have even found it yet. Um, but it's presented in that, like, when you start it up, it's presented as, um, like, you're logging into a computer and then you've got a computer desktop. And one of those things is play, but the rest, you like filling out, even early on, I've started filling out that screen with new things. So it's like, I picked up some cigarettes and it added, like, a little, um, like, almost like a clippy type guy to my desktop, but he just smokes oh, cigarettes. Nice that I've found (laughs) Um, and uh, I got a camera and that adds like essentially a screenshot function but it saves all the screenshots are shown on the desktop and it's got like this neat little sort of visual aspect but the game itself is like this woozy weird little grim world like full of sludge and people on strike and just like general disaffection it feels very 2020 Um, is is doing the graffiti actually fun? no so the graffiti is basic like it's almost like um uh crackdown orbs it's like you can see okay. that you can get somewhere to get graffiti but it's really unclear how you get there and like right. clearly the pleasure of it is working out routes around the city and like i think there's going to be game. upgrades that let you get to more places and i'm into that that format um right. there's lots of really nice little visual touches or like little touches really early on like when you first get the camera you take it you take a picture and then you're like okay i'm going to put it away and instead of putting away your camera, you just fucking chucks it on the floor and you've just got like infinite cameras. So you could just be chucking cameras all over the place. Every time you open the pause menu to see your little desktop, when you come out of it, it gets a laptop, chucks it on the floor, just like getting rid of all this shit, which is really fun. I'm just looking at it in the Epic Store. This is not the game that I imagined it Why? would be. I got this idea of like a pixel art. Oh, no, no. It's like a full 3D open worlds game, like with a weird cartoony art style. 
It's very yeah. Adult Swim. Um, and, like, one thing I really like, there appears to be no background music in the game. All the music is diegetic. So you'll just walk around a corner and hear music coming in, and you're not sure where it's from, and then you'll find, like, a radio and stuff. There was one bit where I saw something in the distance, and it's just the sea is kind of just, like, thigh-level, or not, like, knee-level sludge. So I was like, I'm just going to go over there and have a look at that. And as I get close to it, music starts kicking in. I was like, oh, so there is background music in this game. It's like, no. In the middle of fucking nowhere in the sea, there's just like a little radio stuck in the sludge. I was like, this is such a lovely little idea. Just like the whole world soundtracked diegetically. That's cool. God knows what it is. And I'm sure people have played more than me already because it came out yesterday. But I really like it. Like, it's a strange little thing. And for free super into it yeah i'm reading the features mm. section my favorite one is a huge baby community basketball court <laughs> and a cat with two buttholes no extra charge i just found the uh, community <laughs> basketball court it's great um yeah it just seems like a little sort of toy box um and maybe there's more to it and i haven't got there yet but like i'm super into the idea of just something to relax with listen to weird music <laughs> and some strange jokes it says it's got a pretty robust credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It sounds good. Yeah, it's really fun. I recommend if you've got an Epic Games mm. Store. Um, obviously, as we all know, Epic Games Store is, is bad for video games business. But, you know, if you can get past your own morals, have a nice free game. <laughs> I mean, you can get a free game every week yeah, as well. Yeah, what is it at the moment? Handsome Collection. Uh, at the moment, it is... Or is it Civilization is, VI? Uh, no, it's Tiptoe. It's Borderlands, yeah. the handsome collection. Yeah. But it was Civ Six last week, and it was GTA Five the week before. So you can all play. Uh, I mean, basically, you can all play the pre sequel, yeah. the best Borderlands game. I like the pre sequel. It's, it's good. Brilliant. It's very Australian. Uh, right, Dale. I think you got a game for us. Yep. Let's do it. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Okay, so I did a game a few weeks ago that was sent in by Jim White, and he referred to it as a video game version of Obama Lama. But we, during the game, decided that it was called Donkey Kong Schlong instead. Uh, oh dear. I don't, think I, li- I don't think I listened to that episode. I saw Donkey reasons. Kong Schlong and that was enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did uh, when we did it last week, he sent 20 answers in, or 20 questions, I should say, and uh, we only got through 10 of them, so we can do the, the latter 10. So, uh, Joe, for you, your yeah. benefit, you want to know how the game's played, Yes, right? please. Uh, so, I'll read, I'll read Jim's words. Basically, you are given a one-line clue where the beginning and end parts need to be solved to find the answer, which is always a rhyme. So the, the easiest way to sort of explain this is to give you his example. Yep. So the clue would be an English adventurous is in an attic. And the answer would be Lara Croft is in the loft. Lara Croft is in the loft. Okay. So always, it always rhymes. and But the clue, obviously, the ending and the beginning and the end are changed. Yep. To, Sweet. To, into it. To the rhyme. You got it? Okay. Uh, so let's get into it. Where did we get to last time? So yeah, the one we got to last time was misnamed ape wears revealing undies, and it was Donkey Kong wears a thong. But it was Cardi thought it was going to be Donkey Kong, <laughs> it's a schlong or whatever it was going to be. It's grotesque, know. absolutely grotesque. Right, let's do this. The ghost of Sparta likes to clean between his teeth. 
Um, I don't know who the ghost of Sparta is. What? <laughs> the ghost of Sparta likes to clean between his teeth. I can do the... I know what the second bit is. <laughs> you seriously don't know who the ghost of Sparta is? I can't think of it. Any game you can think of that's based around Sparta in general? I mean, there's loads. <laughs> All right, one very big one. <laughs> uh, oh, Alexandrios likes, likes to floss. It wasn't what Jose, what did you say, Matt? Kratos? Yeah, Kratos oh. likes to floss. <laughs> is he a ghost? <laughs> I thought There's a game called Ghost of Sparta. Is there? Yeah, oh, well. it's for the PSP, but still. Oh, fuck off. Um, yeah. I thought it was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, because they're Spartan, uh, and I think he's called Alexandrios. Yeah. Alexios, he is. Alexios, Alexios, yeah. Alexios likes well, to floss. Well, I've got it wrong equal- anyway. That would work as well. Uh, right. Give me one. a point. <laughs> <laughs> Serene human representative is a violent, ruthless thief. Serene What? Serene human representative is a violent, ruthless, ruthless thief. This is a bit of a tricky one. It sounds like this a is, Daily Mail headline. So, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a tricky one because the the character isn't a character. Hey, violent, ruthless it's, thief. Um, it's more like an NPC. Right. A general, or like a catchall term for an NPC in a certain game. It's a tough one. Violent, ruthless again. thief. Yeah. Serene human representative is a violent, ruthless thief. That bugger is a mugger. <laughs> <laughs> Any ideas? Uh, n- no, not okay. at all. No, I so think I told... mugger is the is the second word. I think, but yeah, when you tell it's me not. what is it not? No, it's pillager is the second one. Pillager? Yeah. That villager is a pillager. There you go. No, nah, don't give me that point. <laughs> no. I don't want it. Serene uh, like... human representative. <laughs> it's villager. Jim White, in... good game, but fuck it out. Yeah. It's in the villagers from Animal Crossing, right? Uh, I must... assume that or Minecraft. That's what I it must. Thinking. It must be Animal Crossing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Serene right. human representative. <laughs> you were an See, alien. So when they said that, I thought it was going to be Commander Shepard because he's the human representative on the on the <laughs> yeah. Spectre Council, right? <laughs> yeah, that would make sense as well. Um, right, next one. Silent Hill antagonist is painting his garden storage unit. Pyramid Head is Pyramid painting head his shed. shed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think Joe got that. Yeah, he got that. <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're back on track. Right. Demon destroying marine has a painful lump on his eyelid. Uh, Doom guy has a sty. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was thinking Doom Slayer. Wrong game. Yeah. Wrong entry. <laughs> the hero of time wears an expensive offensive coat. What? Uh, oh, Link wears a mink. <laughs> yeah. Link wears a mink. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Right, so it's two all. Celestial wolf goddess is eating a Japanese curry. Oh, <laughs> Amaratsu eats a katsu. Nice. <laughs> yeah, nice <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's four left. You just Let- literally did the, you know, the the gif of Eric from Tim and Eric doing the blown mind <laughs> thing. You literally did it. <laughs> okay. Electrified mortal combat- combatant 
saves a kindly young lady. Uh, Raiden saves a maiden. Didn't need to do it again because Joe got it. (laughs) Raiden saves a maiden. I always thought it was Raiden. Yeah, I thought it was Raiden. Raiden saves a maiden. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 18. So we've got uh, three left. Tanuki Money Lender is a swindler. Tom Nook is a crook. Yeah, bloody hell, you guys are good at this. Except for the first two. I said said that in the tone of voice that implies I really want to win now. (laughs) Yeah, so it's four free to Joe. Plus two. Ghost hunting bro visits Malaysian Island. Oh, Luigi goes to Fiji. There you go, nice. (laughs) So Joe's won it, but there's one one left to to play for. So Brazilian fighter is a tosser. Planker is a wanker. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's it. That's the end of the game. Oh, after Serene Human Representative, that got really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by all means, Jim, send in more if you got Jim, one, I love it. Yeah, they're good. I like playing that game. Ah, uh, Luigi goes to Fiji was a was a highlight for me. <laughs> right, should we do some feedback? Yep. Are, are these all about ice pops? No, maybe. I don't know. You, lo- you love the ice pop chat. What do Jim, you call them? Yeah, tip tops. Tip tops. Tip tops are ice pops. That's one. So I found out TikToks is actually a brand. That's that's where New Zealand brand, is. isn't it? Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. I don't think they ever sold them actually over here. I don't for as far because mm. I had a a look into why we called them tip tops in the Midlands. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out. And and basically, I found the Wikipedia page to say that tip top is a brand of ice cream, but I'd apparently it, it doesn't say on the Wikipedia entry that they were ever shipped to the UK. There's a bunch of countries that they did, so Bad. maybe someone was importing them on the sly. It's a culture maybe, war. Maybe it was a New Zealander in the Midlands who started mm, it all. I'd Ooh. love that. <laughs> uh, right. This is from CJ in Nebraska. We've definitely heard from CJ in Nebraska before. Yes. Yeah. Fellas, regarding your question about what we call those crappy tubes of plastic filled with frozen drink, in the Midwest US, we call them freeze pops, or freezies usually. <laughs> freezies. Recently, they've started making flavours of Dr. Pepper, Coke, and other sodas. They even make alcoholic versions with margarita what? and daiquiri flavours. That reminds me of when they used to get um, cider lollies. I fucking yeah. love cider lollies because I thought I was grown up. <laughs> uh, he qualifies, they are not good. It helps if you let them melt a bit and smash them up before opening to avoid sucking all the juices out and being left with a piece of ice. I've I've added a tone that I think CJ wanted to (laughs) add to that. Also, oh, uh, yeah, we also asked for uh, holiday disaster stories last week. Also, regarding vacation stories, my family took a trip to a drive-thru zoo. Oh, like a safari park. I thought, like, you just walked up to windows and looked in. (laughs) That's Uh, a really funny way of describing a safari park, a drive-thru zoo. (laughs) Where you stay in your car and drive through different animal enclosures. While driving through the ostrich enclosure, one of them started chasing our car, prompting my dad to freak out and speed up while rolling up all the windows. (laughs) That is terrifying. He did not realise at the time that my eight-year-old brother had his head out the back window and he had closed the window on his neck. My siblings and I yelled at my father to roll the window down, but as we were all shouting at once and no one was older than ten, we were not very clear about what was happening. My father, thinking we were just being little shits yelling about the ostrich, yelled back at us to shut up. (laughs) Eventually, he realised what was happening and rolled the window down. We then drove through the rest of the zoo in silence. Hope you're all doing well, and thanks for all you do. Sorry this email is so long. No need to apologise. I enjoyed every minute of it. 
I particularly love there's something lovely about the detail of silence at the end. Just like <laughs> yeah. not crying, not anger, just pure deadly silence. The first, the first time I read through that, it terrified me because my biggest fear is ostriches and large birds in general. Like, what? Absolutely terrify me. Do yeah, you hate geese? Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not a fan, but mm. I can deal with ostriches and, and emus. I can't even look at them. I, like the idea, just looking at them freaks me out. Really? Yeah, I'm terrified of them. So I when I saw that, that, it was like a horror story to me reading that. Is it because they're dinosaurs <laughs> and you don't like dinosaurs? Yeah, they're yeah. like real life <laughs> chocobos. Do you know what? I think it was. I think when I was a kid, I got a. I got um, not attacked, but like chased by a swan or a geese or something. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of a large bird that's like the same height as me and they can make eye contact with me and just running at me full steam. Do you remember the film? I, the Dude, eye contact my... is such a good detail. It's the, it's the eye <laughs> do remember, contact. There's a. Do you remember the film Dude Where's My Car? I do remember the film Dude Where's My Car. There's a scene in that where they're sitting in the car and they get attacked by I can't remember if it's emus <clears> or ostriches, but they get attacked by a horde of them and one of them bursts their head through <laughs> and knocks them out. That was a horror movie to me. That was hideous. <laughs> I can't even thinking about it freaks me out. That's right now. Dale. Do you know about the Great Emu War? I don't think I want to know. Matt. Right, right, okay. Get this. this is hilarious. Like, so in Australia in the 1930s, there was a giant, um, effectively wildlife nuisance thing done to coal uh, emus, yeah. and but they sent the it wasn't successful so they sent the military in i think with a bunch of machine guns and they failed the emus overran them and the emus weren't yeah they're powerful deceptively powerful they could take a bullet there's no way an emu wouldn't take a bullet imagine in full flight emu running at you taking a bullet and Fucking... just shrugging it off why would you say that <laughs> that's my nightmare tonight cheers for that peck your eyes out fucking hell oh, beasts <laughs> dale right. give us a little yeah. read this is from Aaron Smith. He says, Sup, fuckers. I don't approve of that. <laughs> Back in the grotty days of my early 20s, a friend introduced me to a soup a noodle. So it's not like super, it's the word soup a noodle. <laughs> Literally, a block of ramen noodles cooked in a tin of tomato soup. This was something of a stoner delicacy in our house. Don't do drugs. As we all loved it. It was weirdly comforting and reminded us of our childhood. How can the that reason- remind you of childhood? You've definitely <laughs> never had that in your childhood. <laughs> the reason for which we realised after a year or two was because we were basically just eating a bigger, more tangy bowl of spaghetti hoops. Oh. Top shelf pucker, 10 out of 10. What are you at, 10? <laughs> 10, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, 10, out of 10. 10. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds hideous. Uh, that reminds me of that um, bit in Garth Marenghi where he's like... Uh, Talking about poaching an egg in soup, <laughs> it's like that's the height of his uh, height of his culinary. Yeah, culinary most deal. most uh, student-based food combinations usually revolve around soupy noodles of some kind, don't they? Mine Ramen were noodles. very often Bernard Matthews related. I remember I a- <laughs> accidentally once ate an entire bag of mini chicken Kievs in one day. <laughs> accidentally. Um, well, I started and then didn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Matt. Uh, right, I've got one from uh, Kieran Corrigan. He says, Hi chaps, love the chat, especially the odd stuff between game talk. The following is based on my experiences at high school in the early 2000s. On the subject of frozen fruit tubes, we always used to call them ice pops, and we'd often buy them, five at a time, from the swimming baths next to my school. Decadent. I love I say it. <laughs> swimming bath food. 
Yeah. <laughs> Did you? I was about. I was about to laugh at that, but actually, when I think about it, genuinely, there was like a swimming baths and leisure centre next to my high school, and we'd go there and use the vending machine. Yeah, yeah. they've always got weirder stuff. Mm. <laughs> uh, tip tops were. A, yeah. Sorry, those tough tip tops. Things. <laughs> <laughs> Tip Tops were a brand of, again, so-called fruit juice in a squishy plastic container that came with a super thin pointy straw and cost like 20p. don't remember a straw involved oh, in any yeah. of my Tip Top stuff. Is that more like the jubbly ones? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. They came in a slightly more... My memory of those sort of things were like, a, like almost like a cheese wedge-shaped container. Yeah. And yeah. you put... A, yeah. Uh, people, in brackets, boys would generally drink them without a straw, but by biting a hole in the bottom and putting them lit down on the floor and stamping on them because they pop really loudly. The girls loved that, obviously. It's like the child equivalent of like popping a beer can at the bottom and just like downing it all in one. Uh, also, I meant to email this in a few weeks ago when you were talking about trash talking in battle, ga- in battle royale games like Warzone. You reminded me of something stupid I said when some friends and I were playing PUBG, which was a confused mismatch of a couple of expressions. Death before glory, in capital letters. (laughs) Pretty sure that's going to be my epitaph. (laughs) Thanks for all the fun and chat over the years, especially over the last few shit weeks. P.S. A frozen frube would go down brilliantly right now. I keep thinking about frozen frubes. (laughs) I think I'm going to get them. Love those guys. Uh, Uh, Right, I think that's everything. Yep, that was a long old podcast, wasn't it? Um, but thank you for all your Snyder Cut chat. We probably won't discuss it too much more. I feel like we've covered all bases. Yeah, we've done um, it now. what I do want to hear is if you've had a really funny time drowning. So send that <laughs> into IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Obviously, we still aren't done with food combos, we're still not done with <laughs> bad holiday stories, mm. emu stories. I'd love to hear no. now. Uh, we'll make sure Dale's not on the podcast and just read <laughs> dozens of stories about how you were nearly killed by a big bird. Oh, um, anything you want, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Also, justgiving.com slash IGN UK. Sponsor me. I hate running. It's the worst, and we're going to do real good things for charity. Um, that's probably it. I'm going I'm, mm-hmm. I'm to go now. I probably might have a, a super noodle. <laughs> Any ideas for a song? What have we spoke about? Oh yeah. Um, what about the what about the original Richard Donner Superman the, theme? What about something from Sludge Life, Joe? You said. Oh, I don't know if that's about. Well, it only came out yesterday. I don't know whether we'll easily get some music from Sludge Life. Mm, that's a good point. Okay. What you said. Before, original the Superman, Superman theme, theme from the Done. Richard Donner ones. Cool. All right. Sweet dreams. Bye. Kiss, kiss. Bye. Bye.